0: All right, you know that we're studying the book of Job, right? And that Nathan and I had hoped that we would do an introduction in three sermons. Uh, This is the fourth sermon, and we're not quite done with the introduction yet because we have asked you to think about the book of Job through this theme that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, right? Proverbs 9... Psalm 111, and even here in Job 28, the fear of the Lord is wisdom, right? We have said that we're going to study the book of Job through this lens, the fear of the Lord. We have defined what the fear of the Lord was, and again, I I almost want to ask you if you can say it for me. The, The children in the communicants class already know it. It's pretty incredible. The fear of the Lord is this, as we have defined it in these introductions, The fear of the Lord is an awe-filled orientation toward God in all aspects of life that lead to obedience. An awe-filled orientation toward God in all aspects of life that lead to obedience. The fear of the Lord. The second sermon was why do we need it? And here's what we saw. We said that it was the foundational theme, really the key that unlocks wisdom literature for us. And Job is one of those books, Proverbs and Ecclesiastes being the other two. But we also said that by the fear of the Lord, our faith is sustained. We saw that God said in Jeremiah 32 that God would give us the fear of the Lord so that we might not turn from Him. And then finally, we said that the fear of the Lord is necessary that our hearts might be softened and drawn into the suffering of others and even into the world. Nathan's last sermon was about how this fear of the Lord goes from our heads to our hearts. And we saw that it is a work of God's grace. It transforms us from being afraid to fearing. God promising His commitment to put the fear of the Lord in us with all of His heart and all of His soul. The last piece of this introduction that we want to bring before you today before we jump into the book of Job is the idea that the fear of the Lord is wisdom. This has four parts. The four parts is this. What is wisdom? The second is what is wisdom's value? The third is where is wisdom found? And the fourth is Why is it so often connected with suffering? Four parts to today's sermon. Are you ready? What is wisdom? Where is it? What is its value? Where is it found? And why is it so often connected with suffering? Let's start first with wisdom. This chapter in Job, Job 28... Ask the question twice, where can wisdom be found? Remember, Job is in desperation here. Economically, he has been destroyed. His children have all died. His wife has encouraged encouraged him to curse God and go ahead and die. And he has been surrounded by three friends whom he calls miserable comforters. You could say that Job is in a place of desperation. And in this place, he writes this beautiful poetry of Job 28. I understand that iron and copper, silver and gold can be mined from the earth. The falcon doesn't get this and the lion doesn't get this, but men get this. But God, where can wisdom be found, he says? Maybe you say, wisdom is just one of those things... That you know it when you experience it, right? When you bump into somebody and you go, wow, that was a wise person. But I want to press into that for a minute and ask us to consider wisdom. What is it? Why do you say of someone, that is a wise woman? The first thing that we recognize in Job, in Job 28, 23 through 28, is that God is the one who is responsible for wisdom. Right there in verse 27, it says, Then he saw wisdom and declared wisdom. He established wisdom and searched wisdom out. It is created by God. Why, you might ask. Paul tells us that God is the only wise God. How would we define the wisdom that is God? Maybe like this. All-knowing, all-effectual ordering of all creation for His glory. Right? This totality of God's power and ability. All-knowing and all-effectual ordering of all creation for His glory. The wisdom of God. An attribute of God. Innate to Him, to His very character and being. That is one way of understanding wisdom. But here in Job 28, we're also reminded that wisdom is created. Again, there in verse 27, Job uses the language of creation. God saw wisdom, declared wisdom, established wisdom, and searched wisdom out this language of creation. This is where we often flip over to, so- to Proverbs 8. And when you flip over to Proverbs 8, you begin to see the wisdom that is on offer. You begin to see the created wisdom personified as this woman who cries out. The first stanza is a stanza of invitation. Invitation. The second stanza is the nature and the role of wisdom in human life. In Proverbs 8, the third stanza is the stanza of creation of wisdom. That wisdom that cries out is the very imprint of God, the matrix on which all of creation serves to reveal its creator. Let me say that again. Wisdom, as Proverbs 8 defines it, is the very imprint of God, the matrix on which all of creation serves to reveal its creator. And then Psalm 8 ends with an invitation again. What's interesting is that wisdom says, when God created, I was there. In just a few weeks, we are going to hear God ask Job, where were you, Job, when I created? Wisdom was there. But to sharpen the pencil one step further, what is wisdom? And what is the wisdom that is intended by the fear of the Lord is wisdom. And I want to argue, we want to argue, that this is human wisdom Wisdom, the fruit that the wisdom literature claims is born from the fear of the Lord. Listen to this definition of wisdom. The discernment of and conformity to the realities that govern all creation. Here it is one more time. Wisdom. The discernment of and conformity to the realities that govern all creation. These realities govern all creation because they are expressions of God's very character and being. This is the depth of the wisdom that is offered. It's the first of the four points. What is wisdom? Wisdom is the discernment of and conformity to the realities that govern all creation. The second question that we might ask today is, what is wisdom's value? Job says in Job 28, 13, man does not know its worth. If you turned over to Proverbs 8, verse 11, you would read this. For wisdom is better than jewels, and all that you may desire cannot compare with her. What is the value of wisdom? The very need to ask that question defines the problem. Wisdom cries out, and she says in Proverbs 8, that I'm better than jewels. Everything that you could desire is nothing compared to me. Job says that we as human beings do not know the value of wisdom's worth. Again, in Job 28, the context is the pursuit of hidden treasure within the earth. But even in the midst of that, the missing of the point of wisdom. That section of Job that says where can wisdom be found is bookend by these cries. The deep says it's not found in me. And the sea says it's not with me. And then in verse 22, Abaddon and death, the place of death. We have heard rumor of it, but understand it's not with us. These bookends of chaos of fear. And what do you do in the midst of fear and chaos but seek control and seek the treasures? But what is the value of wisdom? The difficulty of defining the value of wisdom is that there's so many other things that we as human beings seek to place value in. The truth of the matter, if wisdom is the discernment of and the conformity to the realities that govern all creation. The truth of the matter is that we don't, as human beings, want to conform to the created order. Do you remember Genesis 3? Do you remember why Eve and in turn Adam ate the fruit? We are told that the fruit, that the tree was a delight to the eyes, and the fruit of the tree was desired to make one wise. The temptation of this world is wisdom and the pursuit of wisdom apart from God. Because our pursuit for wisdom apart from God encourages us that we are in control. And the reason that we do not value biblical wisdom that comes from the fear of the Lord is because we want to define reality. This is the quote that I gave you in the order of worship on the very front page where C.S. Lewis's words are embedded in this larger paragraph. He says this, For the wise men of old, the cardinal problem had been how to conform the soul to reality. And the solution had been knowledge and self-discipline and virtue. But for magic and applied science alike, the problem is how to subdue reality to the wishes of men. And the question becomes, do we value biblical wisdom? the discernment of and conformity to those realities that govern all creation. The whole idea of God being steadfast is that he does not change. And the question for us is, do we want reality to conform to our desires? Or will we seek to conform To those realities that govern creation. Our answer to that will be according to our valuation of wisdom. We are told that wisdom far exceeds the value of anything else that we desire. What is wisdom and what is its value? The third of these four parts is where is wisdom to be found? This is the driving question of Job 28. It's repeated both in verse 12 and in verse 20. In verse 12, Job says this. After he explains where silver and gold, where treasures and sapphires, where the earth's gifts can be found, he asks the question in verse 12... But where shall wisdom be found? And where is the place of understanding? And then again in verse 20, And where then does wisdom come? And where is the place of understanding? Understand that Job is desperate here, desiring to know where wisdom can be found. The definition of wisdom that we are working with is the discerning of and the conforming to the realities that govern all creation. And Job is saying, where is that wisdom found? And part of you experiences this, right? You see wisdom in wise people who want nothing to do with the God of Scripture. We all see it. And we know that there are these places and times in our lives where wisdom can be found. Historically, it's often been called in those thin places. One popular writer writes about thin places like this, those places where the distance between heaven and earth collapse. And we're able to catch glimpses of what this writer says Of the divine or the transcendent, or what I like to think of it, the the infinite whatever. But those places where the realities that govern all of creation seem right next to us. Where are those places? Where have you seen them? A lot of people want to point to nature. Sometimes we see in the love of a parent and a child a deep reality that governs all of life. Or how about death? We don't attend enough funerals. Death being one of those places where the reality that governs all of creation is right there next to us. These realities can somewhat be discerned because we're human beings. To some degree, there can be some conformity to these realities. But ultimately... Job answers the question of where wisdom can be found in the very words of God himself in verse 28 when he says, And he, God, said to man, Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to turn away from evil is understanding. The more that we are in awe of God and who he is, the more we see his imprints on all of creation. The more we see those realities that govern all creation that point us to the creator. That aspect of creation that it's impossible to be otherwise because it is by the very hand of God himself. My friend David was in this week, and I remember like it was yesterday when he was studying for the MCAT some 20-plus years ago, and we were in the parking lot of the church where I worked at the time, and he said this to me, and it's never left. He was having to study calculus as a 34-year-old, and he was about to pull out his his hair because anybody of that age realizes we can hardly learn anything anymore. And he actually said, I don't want to just know calculus. I want to know the God that calculus reveals. That is the fear of the Lord that leads to wisdom. In my opinion, as one who doesn't know many things technologically speaking, wisdom is the reason why AI will never achieve the goals of human intelligence. It's not about gathering more information. It's about the discerning and the conforming to those realities that govern all of creation. And the reason those realities exist is because they are imprints of the God who created everything. We read in Jeremiah, in the ninth chapter, that Jeremiah has something to say about wisdom too. He says in verse 23, Thus says the Lord, Let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches. But let him who boasts boast in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, declares the Lord. Even here, when we see the value of wisdom and where it can be found, we know that we have a problem. It is not with our minds as much as it is with our hearts. Do we desire to discern and then conform to These realities that govern all of creation because they point us to God. Solomon was the wisest man to have ever lived. That's what we read in 1 Kings. Did you know that Solomon died building temples to idols? God even accuses his own people at one point in Isaiah He says, Look, you draw near with your mouth and you honor me with your lips, but your hearts are far from me. And your fear of me is a commandment that's taught to you by men. The accusation of Scripture for human beings is that we need a new heart. the very song that we sang from Ezekiel, the provision of God for us, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. I'm going to take away your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh because we can know the value of wisdom and even know where wisdom can be found but we still need God to intervene. The last section of this sermon is why is wisdom so often connected with suffering? The definition of wisdom that is before us is the the, the discerning of and conforming to the realities that govern all creation. Why is wisdom so often connected with suffering? Look, this is where we come to the book of Job. Next week, I promise, we're starting with Job. And we're going to start with the first chapter. And I want to recognize that in bringing you to Job, I am walking on thin ice before you. Why is wisdom so connected with suffering? If you are a parent who has a child who is struggling, you are going to look for another parent who has had a child who is struggling and you has yet survived. You're going to go and you're going to ask the question, what did you learn? One of the wisest things that anyone ever shared with me, and this was a conversation with a child, but really it could be with a conversation with anyone. This individual said, I try to go into every conversation thinking about the next conversation that I want to have preparing for the next conversation to come. His encouragement to me was, guard against these ultimatums. This is deep wisdom born of suffering. Why is wisdom so connected with suffering? We live in a beautiful but a broken world. We are human beings made in the image of God, broken by sin. This brokenness and sinfulness is highlighted by these realities that govern creation. Our brokenness and our sin is highlighted by the realities. That are innate to the God who created creation. The mountains are beautiful. But as my wife taught me, not this summer, but last summer, they are beautiful, but they do not care about you. We were on a hike, and Mita stopped, and she sat underneath the shadow of a mountain called Mount Disappointment. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and sat there and thought long and hard. Wow, these mountains are beautiful. But these mountains do not care about me. We see the love of a mother and a child, but almost immediately we hear in the news the horrific Almost unfathomable tragedy of child trafficking. And we are undone by it. And what hangs over all of our heads is death. That reality that God has clearly said is a result and a punishment of sin but one that all of us come face to face with. In this absolute desperation of this beautiful yet broken world, of the glory of being a human being and yet the sinfulness that marks every corner of our hearts and beings, Job 28, 13 reminds us That wisdom isn't found in the land of the living until something took place. Until the one to whom wisdom points entered into our suffering. When you read Proverbs 8 you're almost tempted to think, wait a minute, wisdom sounds a lot like Jesus here. And there's a huge temptation there because you read Proverbs 8 and you're like, wow, wisdom was there at creation. Wisdom was was at God's right hand like his workmen. Wisdom rejoiced in the creation of mankind with God. but it's better to understand that wisdom is a type and that Jesus is the reality. Jesus is not just the personification of wisdom, but he is the one who surpasses wisdom in every way. He is the son of God who suffered for us. Jesus Christ As Isaiah 11 says, The one on whom rested the spirit of wisdom and the fear of the Lord died and was raised. And in faith, we are joined to Him. And by the power of the Spirit any who are joined to Christ are given a new heart and a new spirit put within them. That same heart is the heart that God promises in Jeremiah 32 to give the fear of the Lord that we might not turn away from him. And as somebody said this week to me, grace doesn't just save us, grace heals us that we might Fear the Lord, and that we might know this wisdom. Because in Jesus, who entered into our suffering, who connects for us wisdom and suffering, we see the exact imprint of the Father, who governs all of creation, By his very being. Because he alone is wise. Wisdom is for us the discerning of and conforming to those realities that govern creation. Precisely because those realities have the imprint of God, the creator, on them. And this connection is made in Christ who has entered into our suffering. We need wisdom because this life is so difficult and complicated. Our brokenness breaks in so many directions. Listen, If we only talked about our reactions to the pandemic, that would be one place where we would say, wow, we need wisdom. And listen, Christians who come to this issue of how do we respond faithfully in this pandemic find themselves faithfully Responding differently. And you go, how is that wisdom? But see, wisdom doesn't take away the complexity, wisdom recognizes it and forces us to humility before the God whom those complexities us. We respond differently in wisdom. But one of the things that ought to be the same for all of us Christians is that fearing the Lord and the wisdom that follows ought to lend for us peace that passes all understanding. That drives out fear. That allows us to love each other as we are loved by our Father. And that allows us to see a hurting world and enter into it. We have looked at what wisdom is. We have asked what the value of wisdom is. We have asked where wisdom is found. And hopefully we have seen why wisdom is so often connected with suffering. Next week, we will start with the first chapter of Job.